Rahul. Welcome to the On Meaningful Work podcast. Thanks very much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Oh, it's so exciting to have you here. I, th- I think for one thing, it's, um, you know, you, you are an exceptional athlete and we definitely want to get into that. But but it's also, I, I think the impetus for me to really want to talk to you is kind of this other thing that you've uh, founded, which is Foodie for Climate, which I think is super impressive. And I, I've, I went to the premiere of your movie that you put together and I was blown away so yeah so i was really looking forward to to speaking with you yeah thanks yeah. Rahul. it's um yeah really great to come on and have the chat and mm. yeah there's lots of things that i'm i'm passionate about i feel very fortunate to have forged a professional sporting career and mm. also really fortunate to have been able to you know connect with some really amazing people through that career mm-hmm. and follow another passion um which is footy for climate and, mm. and the work that we're doing in that space so yeah yeah really looking forward to the chat Awesome. So maybe to, to start off with, maybe let's go right back. Where are you where are you from? Where did you grow up? Yes, yeah, so I'm sort of Melbourne born and bred, and nice. um, yeah. yeah, grew up, um, you know, sort of Melbourne Bayside suburbs, mm-hmm. um, and you know, really started my um, my footy journey mm. uh, playing Auskick like lots of kids yeah. um, <laughs> in Albert Park, and um, you know, I was, I think I went when I was five or six, and the first year. Um, I only went to the first couple of days because I mm. would cry too much because they wouldn't kick it to me. So I was a very sensitive <laughs> kid. Um, and it, it took me a little while to sort of figure out that mm. you know, no one just gives you the ball. You have to go and get it yourself. Um, yeah. And It's a good we, metaphor for life, really. Yeah, yeah. you know, footy, footy's got some great lessons to, mm. to, to teach and, um, you know, it's sort of really shaped a lot of who I am today. And mm. um, you know, I went to school at, at Wesley, mm. uh, Wesley College, um, Played my um, junior footy at you know, St Kilda City Footy Club, mm. um, and I played. Um, you know my my development. Um, it's called TAC Cup at the time. It's now called NAB. Oh, it's not. It was called the NAB League. It's mm. the under 18s competition. Played at Sandringham. Yep. And um, yeah, managed to um, you know find my way onto an AFL list when I was twenty. Mm. Well, so while you were at school, when when, when did this notion come up that okay? Footy is a thing for me. What was there anything else you were interested in school when when you were there? Yeah, I, I was sports mad, so okay. I was yeah, yeah. footy <laughs> footy in winter um, and cricket in summer. So you yeah. know, I was sort of mm. really uh, into into both. Um, I was probably mm. uh, I definitely wasn't better at cricket, but I probably loved my cricket more. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a bad shoulder injury when I was about fifteen, which sort of curtailed that career. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny I ended up in the more contact sport, but um, yeah. yeah, I think your shoulders are, are sort of a little bit more um, needed in in cricket. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I was uh, you know really passionate about sport, mm-hmm. um, and you know Wesley was a great school for me because there was so much. Mm. on offer there for me um mm. and you know some of the the guys that i you know went to school with i played footy with and you know still really close mates today so mm, awesome. um mm. yeah it was you know young tom was um yeah a reasonable student probably yep. not as focused as i could have or should have been <laughs> but um yeah loved loved playing sport and mm. I, I loved the connection that i had to, to friends and mm. um yeah probably made most of my friends through through playing through footy. and where did that passion come from? Was there sport in your family? You come from a sporting family, or yeah, I've got two sisters, and mm. um, you know, I'm I'm probably the sporty one, and, yep. and they're both creative. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a real, um, but my dad and I really connect over footy. Okay, um, 
and and my mum is a you know she's a, a powerhouse in in her yeah. own right is mm. um you know CEO of of her yeah. own company called Healthly and has you know mm. in her forties did a PhD to really mm-hmm. um you know further the work of her of her organisation in sort of health literacy, mm-hmm. um especially digital health um so you know there was uh, lots of different interests in in my house growing up mm. um but yeah dad and I really connected over footy and my sister um would often joke as you said before about life lessons learned through footy and <laughs> you know my dad would often frame things up about oh well you know it's like in footy a three-quarter time if you're behind you've just got to dig deep and you know, <laughs> yeah. try a bit harder something yeah. like that some sort of footy <laughs> metaphor and um and my sister's like, oh it always comes back to footy <laughs> and uh, it's sort of become a bit of a, a catch cry in the family so um, yeah. yeah it's sort of um we're not all super sporty, but um, mm. it's definitely been a theme that's run through our, our mm. family. Sure. And when did this feeling come that you really wanted to pursue footy as, as a career? Yeah. Well, as a little kid, I just looked up to you know, footy players as, yeah. as, my, as my heroes. And, yeah. you know, if you ask, you know, eight-year-old Tom, you know, mm. what do you want to be? I want to be a footy player. Mm. So oh, something okay. from a little kid that I was yeah. you know, very keen to pursue. Mm. But, you know, I had lots of setbacks along the journey to, to make it there. Mm. Um, the the clear path for a footballer is to be in the talent pathway. You're sort mm. of identified as sort of a 14 or 15-year-old as, as somebody mm. who could make it to the AFL. And mm. and then you sort of get funneled down and down into you know, the ones that get selected mm-hmm. um, to make the AFL. Um, I missed out. So mm. when I was 18, which is the draft age, and yep. you know the draft is a sort of a complicated thing if you're not a footy follower. Mm. Um, not so, yeah. <laughs> but basically, um, everyone who's sort of a talented young player will nominate for a draft, mm-hmm. and then the mm-hmm. clubs get to select players mm-hmm. in order. And um, you know, when I was 18, I nominated myself and mm. thought I was a chance, and I didn't get selected. And wow. For lots of players, that's the end of the journey. They mm. sort of go, oh, well, I didn't get picked and I'll just have to move on or mm. they don't deal with that setback very well. Yep. Um, and, you know, I took it pretty tough as well. Mm. So mm. I went and um, took myself out of the sort of high-level footy programs. I played mm. local footy for a year mm-hmm. and sort of fell back in love with the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the year after, I went and played VFL footy, so mm. in the state league and managed to to get myself on the Bulldogs rookie list. So after mm-hmm. two years out of the system, wow. I managed to get myself back in and, yeah. and onto an AFL list. And um, yeah, from a from a rookie selection, which is, you know, sort of the last players picked on the list, mm-hmm. um, I've managed to have a 12-year career and uh, yeah, wow. still going strong. That's incredible. How how common is that for, for players to have not made the first draft pick to then maybe take a step back, reassess, and then think about... You know the next steps. It, I mean, the vast majority of players will be selected out of, you know, the under 18s. Yep. Um, mm. But there are some really great players and some really amazing stories of people that have persevered um, mm. for a really long time and mm. and long, much longer than I did as yep. well. You know, I was mm. quite lucky to be selected after two years. Mm. Um, but I even think of some of my teammates now, guys like Callum Wilkie. He's a, you know, he's just played his hundredth game in a row, and wow. um, mm. you know he. He waited five or six years before he got drafted and got his opportunity at AFL level. And, yep. um, you know, Jack Hayes, um, who's just returned from a serious knee injury, but, you know, mm. he waited till he was 26 or 27 to get picked up. So there's some amazing stories of perseverance and, mm. you know, people mm. that have the dream and the passion. Um, but, 
yeah, it, it takes a lot to, you know, to, to get yeah. onto the list when yeah. you've not been selected before. Yeah. I think sometimes there's a perception that if you haven't been picked, there's sort of a, a black mark against your name and you have yeah. to prove people wrong and, mm. and prove that, you know, you should be mm-hmm. there. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, there's some... Um, it's not unheard of, and there's mm. some. There's definitely some really fantastic players that have done it the hard way. Mm. Um, so yeah, yeah. And maybe circling back to you when you were eight and you decided footies for me was that was that mainly Oz kick or was there something else that really spurred that? Oh uh, well, I, I loved I loved doing Oz kick. I loved playing footy with my mates. Mm. Um, I was either kicking the footy with a, a mate after school or. Asking my dad to go to the park with me so we could he could teach me how to kick really really big kicks, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was just my like I was I grew up as a Richmond supporter. Mm-hmm. I loved going to the games. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd cry if we lost, <laughs> um, and I would you know scream until I couldn't scream anymore when we won. Mm-hmm. And um, I love singing the song, all, all the parts of footy that mm-hmm. that we all love. You know, that was mm-hmm. what I connected with. And um, yeah, it was just, it was, you know, my heroes, you know, I think mm-hmm. of the, the Richmond players of the 90s and early 2000s, <laughs> like Matty Richardson, yeah. Brad Ottens, yep, um, yep. Wayne Campbell, Matty Knights, all of these players I just idolised. <laughs> and um, yeah, you know, for me it was... I don't think at eight years old you're thinking about you know you know what's a what's a good career to have. It's just sure, you, yeah, it's you just, know yeah. You just want to be an astronaut or a firefighter, or a exactly. footy player. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but 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 I think that's the that's the extraordinary thing, and it, it's uh, you know every eight year old who loves footy wants to be a footy player. You know, very few make the cut, uh, and and it just from what you're saying, like still fewer make the cut after kind of not being knocked back from mm. the first draft pick. Um, where, where do you think that that mindset came from, from, you know, this, this perseverance to just keep keep niggling at it, keep keep going at it? I think it's definitely honed over time. Um, yeah, yeah I, was, I was really devastated when I wasn't selected. Yep. And I think, you know, it wasn't so much in the moment when I wasn't selected. I think I could see it coming over the year. Um, mm. I had some injury setbacks. I didn't play very well when I was 17, turning 18. Mm. Um, but, you know, that moment when you're not selected, then it is sort of the dream coming crashing down. Mm. And left to my own devices, I, I might have just given it away. Mm. But I had some fantastic mentors around me. And I mm-hmm. think, um, you know, young players, young people, um, you know, really need lots of advice, guidance, mm. and support. And mm. I was really lucky to have so much of that mm-hmm. uh, from a couple of coaches and um, other sort of team staff that had been around me. Mm. Um, through my you know, junior footy journey, uh, my family mm. were really supportive of me. Mm. And, um, you know, not everyone's so, so lucky as I was to be able to live at home rent-free and pursue mm. your, your sporting career um you know Mm. i wasn't really getting paid um Mm. you know i was you know whatever money i did make i was going to training and Mm -hmm. you know putting fuel in the car and you know getting you know Mm. um you know myself to um you know different you know games and all of that sort of stuff so Mm. um you know i was incredibly supported Mm. in those two years where i was you know trying to make a career of it um yeah and then I think for me is it, it, there's also a sense of 
I think at that point, like, gee, I'd better try my best because lots mm. of people are, you know, giving me so much mm. support to yeah. yep. to pursue my dream. Mm. Um, and then it, oh, I think it becomes a habit as well. Mm. At some point, you just it's part of your lifestyle, start part of the way you are mm. to do the work mm. and and you know keep um, getting after the goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, as an 18-year-old, did you have a plan B that you know might you might go to uni or do something or what have you? Yeah, yeah. I was enrolled in uni and yep. and I, I definitely um, you know was going to take a year away from study and sort of mm. sort of yeah live a little bit of life. Mm. I, was, I was told you I played local football. Um, mm. There was there was a, a plan to to get back into um, you know higher levels of footy, but I think I needed to take some time away to to love the game, to mm. um, go get a job, mm-hmm. not study, um, yep. mm. and you know figure out who I was a little bit, grow up. Mm. I think it was a really mm. important piece as well. Um, and yeah, I think over. Over those couple of years, I, I had some some really great experiences. Mm. Um, you know, sort of, I played at a local football team called Old Scotch Football Club. Mm. Um, was really embraced in that community, mm. um, really supported, and I think it was a, you know a great place for me to to learn and develop. And then I played VFL football at Bendigo Footy Club. Wow! Yeah, yeah which was actually based out of. Um, Essendon. Okay. Which is quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't driving to Bendigo. You didn't have to move to the country. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that those couple of years, um, mm. yeah, it was really important. It actually got me to AFL football, mm. sort of far more mature and ready. Um, yep. This, you know, I've, I've played with so many young young people mm. over um, over my twelve seasons, and some come in ready to go, like mm. they're really mature, really level, um, and you know, happy to step into that sort of adult environment. And mm. I was probably a little bit less mature mm-hmm. um, and yeah, just much more sensitive and, and not mm-hmm. as open to um, yeah, constructive criticism, which mm-hmm. comes in, you know, professional sporting environments. Yeah, um, for sure. So yeah, it was definitely a, a, a critical couple of years for me and has mm-hmm. definitely shaped um, yeah, my mm-hmm. whole footy career. So, so in that time when you were saying you you grew up or you you matured what was that process yeah i yeah. think um as a private school uh private school boy mm. um i was sort of given everything on a silver platter in in many ways you yeah, know yeah. You, you sort of um you know mm. yeah i would catch the bus to school and then mm. i'd go to school and i'd go to my classes and you know it was very comfortable and mm. you know i didn't have to think about you know where I needed to be, what I needed to do, and you know, catch the bus to footy training, and yeah. um, you know, get a kick, and then you know, mum or dad would pick me up, mm. and so there was this. I sort of lived in this bubble, and mm. Mm. Um, while it was you know fantastic education, I was given brilliant opportunities. Um, yeah, you know, not being selected mm. in um, in the draft was the first time anyone had sort of said, "No, it's no. not you." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it was, it was a big shock for and, sure. Yeah, and, yeah. but an important one. And mm. um, you know, I said, "Oh, that's not fair." And then mm. you know, had to have that conversation that some young people have to have. It's like, no, mate, it's not always going to be fair. Mm. And mm. sometimes you've just got to you know, do the work and mm. and make it happen for yourself. So um, that's, a, as I said before, I had some really fantastic mentors that, mm. um, you know, basically said, you know, 
here's a pathway for you mm. it will support you but you're gonna have to do it and you know that was um you know i got a boxing coach and i did mm. these extra conditioning sessions it was 6 a.m in the morning and yep. um that was really mm. different for me yeah. um, <laughs> you know i hadn't hadn't mm. sort of had to get up and mm. you know and i was the one paying for it yep um yep. Mm. but you know i was i was you know given the connections to find the right person that would be able to help me mm. achieve that and um and all right go get a job mm. and mm. i dug you know pits for trampolines for <laughs> one summer and then you know i moved oh, wow. i moved furniture yeah. around an auction house for for a year mm. and um yeah i did some some cool you know things cool experiences like that and it's not a job i'd like forever you know furniture removals yeah, but yeah, yeah. um was a you know a really good thing for me to do as mm. as a young guy and sort of go oh, okay well you know this is one path like mm. i can do this or i mm. can you know keep pursuing my my dream and mm-hmm. that's a that's a different path mm-hmm. um also in your mind when you when you didn't get selected what what did you tell yourself it was more around your physicality more around your skill as a footy player or was it something more that 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 didn't get you there um i took it really personally okay <laughs> and there's a there's a whole there's a whole mm. piece for, for for footy players and i think mm. it's probably true of musicians or mm. you know lots of other people around you know not being able to separate your sort of football identity from, from oh, your yeah. personal identity yeah. you know entrepreneurship for sure you know, yeah and yeah. you know when somebody says mm. you're not picked in the team i'm mm. a bad person or they think i'm a bad person and it's yeah. just not true yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just mm. like no we, we picked a different team we mm. think this guy is going to play that that role you know better or differently to mm. you today and it's not you and, yeah. and for years and, and mm. you know probably even still today i, I struggle with um being told you know, we're going a different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've definitely become much better at it. So, you know, I wasn't, you know, analyzing it to that degree that you mentioned before, you know, yeah. oh, oh, is it because, you know, I'm not strong enough or I'm not you know, fit enough or mm. tall enough or mm. whatever. It was like, oh, no, they're just, people don't like me. Yeah, yeah. And, mm. and that's, I think, part of the maturing process as mm. well is being able to take, you know, yeah, I've, yeah, I've had a, a coach who said, you know, results are just feedback, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so you know we use them and and we mm-hmm. and we grow. So, um, yeah, it's a, I think that's a really important lesson and mm-hmm. um, something I didn't do so well early, but I've definitely tried to incorporate as I've matured. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think what's maybe what's, what's really cool about being a professional ad- athlete, or maybe it's not so cool, I don't know, mm-hmm. but it's. Is having these mentors and coaches as part of your job, mm. um, and that's kind of you know right through to where you are today. Um, yeah, how how important has that been for you? Just the the coaching aspect, and mm. yeah, yeah, it's a unique environment of mm. a football club, and mm. and you know really growing up and having my first career be this you know this this sporting world um mm. you know I, i've had six six seven coaches now in my in my career so i've had lots of coaches mm. and everyone brings a slightly different philosophy and a different approach mm-hmm. um and i feel actually it, it would have been great in some ways to sort of have one person and that sort mm. of guide me through my whole career mm. um but it also has been you know a real privilege to you know witness how 
lots of these really amazing coaches, you know, approach mm. um, footy, but also life. And that's mm. inevitably a part of the coaching conversation is, you know, you know, who are you? You know, you know what's your purpose? Why are you here? Because, mm. you know, you have to sort of unpack that to be able mm. to train to the level that we train, commit as much of yourself and your life to mm. your performance um, as we do. It's a really, it is a really selfish pursuit, mm. um, you know, playing professional sport. Mm. And, you know, I've had some, yeah, phenomenal coaches, um, you know, some that have been really analytical and sort of approached, you know, football like, um, you know, sort of like business or, mm. you know, used a lot of economic principles, you know, mm-hmm. marginal gains and you know, <laughs> diminishing returns and these sorts of things. Mm. Uh, and then I've had others that are sort of um, far more sort of uh, framing things around you know, family and love and connection mm. and community and yeah. then others um, that have really lent on metaphor and story to mm. sort of motivate players. So, you know, I've, I've been really lucky to see this mm. really broad range of, of leadership styles. Um, yeah. And, you know, for me, I've tried to sort of pay attention and, mm. and think about what's worked and what hasn't worked mm-hmm. and use it to, you know, shape my own ideas that mm. you know, hopefully I can implement, you know, further down the line in my next career. Yeah. Um, what coaching or leadership style do you gravitate to? Like the analytical, the, the community or the story-based, or maybe there's others? Yeah, I think there's... I think the best coaches have been able to pull out the elements of, of each. Mm. And, um, yep. and, you know, the at different times, the really sort of analytical... Um, coaching style around, mm. um, you know, I, I think that the, the marginal gains approach made a lot of sense to me. Mm. Um, mm. And, you know, we want to get better mm-hmm. and we need to get to this point, but mm. you know, we're a bottom team and there's mm. no way that tomorrow we can be the premiership team. We have mm. to get there bit by bit. Yeah. And so, you know, um, tracking your improvement, even mm. though it might, you might have lost, did you get a bit better? And being mm. able to track that over time, I think, was a really interesting approach. Um, you know, the the family and the connection piece mm. it can be really powerful when it works. Mm. Um, it's sort of based a lot on on trust, and mm. um, and it, it just it is really clear that as soon as that breaks down, when there are sort of speed bumps and mm. along the way. Um, or when somebody doesn't feel the love mm-hmm. um, and they rock the boat, yep. you know, how do you keep managing that? Yeah. Um, and, you know, the storytelling, the metaphor can be incredibly powerful. And um, mm. especially if you can sort of have these archetypal stories and, you know, a season is, does follow those mm. sort of same... It's beginning, sort of, middle and end. And, yeah. yeah. And mm. um, when you... It, you know, encounter these moments that never really happen you mm. start players get injured or just mm. any player we're mm. all mates mm. and somebody mm. will do a really serious injury yeah you know, every season i've played in somebody's mm. got really hurt mm. and it sucks mm. and it, it it zaps the energy out of the team because mm. you come in on monday after the weekend and you're mm. like oh my god that guy's done his knee and he's gonna miss a year of football wow yeah so not only do we lose someone from our team but we also yep. are hurting for our mate yep um and so, you know, those mm. stories can actually really help us navigate that because, mm. you know, you know, the, the hero's journey, there's going to be yeah. setbacks, but mm-hmm. we end up, you know, overcoming them and mm. you know, slaying the dragon. Yep. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, mm. 
what would I do? What would I implement? I, I think um, I think I try and draw the best bits from from mm. everyone that I've encountered. Mm. I think that's the way I would do it. Yep. Uh, and also, I'm guessing you're a compet- competitive, uh, being a competitive athlete. You know, kind of at the top, at the top, at your level, th- there is some elements of being competitive, but also really collaborating and really being in a team and and fostering that how do you how do you balance the two yeah it's a really interesting question Mm. some of my very best mates through footy Mm. i've been fighting for the same spot in the team Mm. it's one of my one of my very best mates um a guy called jordan roughhead he Mm. he played in the spot that i wanted in the grand final so he's a premiership player and i'm not yeah and Mm. um I think some people would be surprised that we're such close mates. But, um, yeah, you know, it just... Mm. But we also train really hard together and mm. we pushed each other to be better. Mm. And, um, yeah, if he didn't play really well, I would have played. Mm. And if I didn't play really well, he wouldn't have had to have played so well and mm. maybe he wouldn't have got to where he got to. Yep. And so we made each other better. And, mm. um, yeah, it's a, it's a part of, you know professional sport is mm. you know this squad mentality and you yep. know we need to do it all together and someone mm. misses out mm. well in an afl list half if in the premiership team half the squad will miss out mm. and you know that's um that's a challenge but mm. um you know it's it's something that um yeah i've never i've never sort of resented my teammates for mm. being selected ahead of me yeah um i've just sort of tried to go well i've mm. got to be better did, did that take a bit of practice or does does that come naturally yeah. um oh no i was de- i definitely take it um to heart when i mm. wasn't selected like i'd be mm. very disappointed um yeah. but i wasn't so dis- so much disappointed at my mates yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. And i mean there's been pl- people that i've played with that have had my spot in the team that i haven't particularly liked like mm. i definitely haven't liked everyone i've played footy with over mm. 12 seasons for sure um yeah. but no there's some of my some of my best mates who've, who've played ahead of me i sort of don't really put it mm. on them they don't pick the team yeah you yep. know the coaches mm. pick the team and True. Mm. um sort of yeah that's sort of never really been the the, the avenue i've channeled my frustrations yeah is it also in some some instance what we were talking about earlier, where it's the separation of identities? Is that there's the footy player Tom, but there's the person Tom, and it's more the footy player wasn't selected. It's not that yeah. took years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, um, and that, and, I mean, and does it still? It's yeah. still it's still quite raw. You know, you take yes. it, you do take yeah. it personally because yeah. you put you have to put so much of yourself out mm. there to yeah to be. Um, even in a position to be on an AFL list, let alone running out mm. with the team, mm. you know it's a, you know the 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 physical parameters that we have to you know hit in our testing, you know mm. pretty pretty extreme. Um, yeah. You know, there's definitely people that could, you know, plenty of people that could run you know a faster three kilometer time trial than me, mm. um, but I bet they're not two meters tall and mm. you know 105 kilos, yeah. um, mm. and they. You know, or you might lift more in the the gym than me, but I'll, I'll you know beat you on the track. So yeah. it's, um, yeah, you know, and and some of these athletes that I've played with, you know, I'm, you know, I've got you know some attributes, but you know, some really phenomenal, mm. um, 
you know, extraordinary athletes that I've played with that mm. uh, aren't just naturally gifted but have mm. just put in a huge amount of dedication over so many years. And mm. um, yeah, it's a, it's, a really pri- it's a real privilege to see up close. Mm. Yeah, that, that would be incredible. Like, especially, I, th- I think especially someone who use comp- uses competition as a fuel to you know, kind of make yourself better and push yourself. Mm. Um, but but maybe you know circling back to say you know through your I suppose hero's journey in a sense where you know you went through this dip where you didn't get selected then you're coming out of it you played a couple of games in the VFL um, and then how what was your selection to the AFL like what did that look like yeah so I was not selected as an under 18 and mm. then I went and played local football. So I played yeah. for Old Scotch Football Club and um, yeah, had a had a really strong year. Um, it's still a really high level of, you know, local mm. football. Um, this is A grade amateur football. Um, and then the following year sort of been sort of identified as, um, you know, somebody who should be playing in the VFL mm. um, and it's got tapped on the shoulder to go and play with Bendigo, who was mm. Essendon's affiliate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I went and did pre-season. Mm. And, um, yeah, that was sort of a, a big step forward for me mm. um, in sort of my, my journey, my my learning, sort of what it takes to to sort of compete at, at a mm. higher level. Um, mm. And a VFL pre-season was extremely daunting to me at that point. Mm. But, you know, now that I look back on it, it was hardly anything compared to sort of what you do at an AFL, yeah. AFL club. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I went and played, um, VFL footy. Um, I made the squad, I Mm. made the cuts and, you know, got in and I played in round one and Mm. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Mm. And I played pretty well for the first four or five games of the season. Mm. And then I hurt my foot and I missed a big chunk of time. And I thought this Mm. was, oh, here we go again. It's that whole under 18 year. I'm not going to get selected. Mm. Um, uh, but, you know, I had sort of a lot of support around me again, mm. uh, sort of, you know, that footy club was invested in me and mm. sort of really supportive of me. And, um, you know, I spent a month in a moon boot and, mm. and then sort of did my strength and fitness training and got back and uh, managed to, you know, play another five games at mm. the back end of the year. So I sort of bookended the season with some good performances. Um, but then, you know, the season finished in September. Mm. And then I didn't get drafted till December, mm-hmm. and I sort of sat in radio silence for quite a while. <laughs> um, so you know, it was a it was a difficult um, journey over the couple of years of sort of no guarantees, lots mm. of doubt. Mm. Um, I will say, after that first year, there was another draft. You know, mm. the draft happens every year. Yeah, yeah. And yep. I wasn't necessarily expecting to be picked up, but I thought, mm. well, you know, I've played really well, and you know, mm. they might remember me from last year, and they might pick me, and I was still nominated. Yep. And I didn't get picked. Yeah. And so sort of, even though I wasn't expecting it as much, it was mm. still a bit of a, a bit kick of in the guts. Yep. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, when I finally did get picked up, um, I sort of thought I was going to get selected, but I was still mm. like, oh, they probably won't. Mm. So I was watching it on... Um, it wasn't even like it was. There wasn't even a, a radio or video of mm. it. Like, there was no live stream. Mm. It was just... Um, I was just refreshing the AFL page and they just Website, add yeah. the next the next pick. That must have been torture. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, refresh. Mm. Oh. And then I go away and I wouldn't check it. I come back, mm. refresh, and then I saw my name pop up. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so that was a really cool moment. Yeah. Um, and yeah, my family were there and I said, mm. you know, 
no dad i think i got picked so yes yeah, really cool that's incredible and so was essendon the first no, no, so I was uh, thinking that I was going to go to Essendon mm. and then I ended up at the Bulldogs. Okay. So, yeah, they, yeah. they had the pick before Essendon and a yep. bit of a sliding doors moment because, mm. um, yeah, Essendon had that whole drug saga the next year. So, yeah. I sort of dodged a bit of a bullet there. <laughs> yeah. It might have derailed my career in another way. So, yeah, um, yeah I was really, really fortunate to, mm. to end up at the Bulldogs and I was there for seven years. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, had some... Uh, success in the in the reserves you know played mm. in two grand finals premierships in the reserves um, missed out on the AFL grand final but you know it's definitely mm. um, an incredible privilege to be around mm. a successful club at that time yeah that would have been amazing mm. but, but but also I suppose you know say growing up in footy and you know coming through the local clubs and the VFL and then on to the AFL like uh Forgive my ignorance, like I don't know much about footy, but there seems to be this real community and this real culture of support, even in the lower echelons of, mm. of footy. I was wondering if you could speak to that a bit and how that's shaped you or how that's given you, um, I suppose, a notion of community or what that means. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I might be taking us down a different direction, but it mm. is really the the core of what, footy for climate is about is that community um Mm. and you know local clubs Mm. um you know run by volunteers in every community right around australia from the cities to you know Mm. rural and country towns Mm. um yeah has a footy club yeah and uh yeah it's a community of people that come together they share a love of the game Mm. but they also share a connection to place and um, you know, it's a, it's an incredible thing to be a part of a footy club. Mm. And, um, you know, I've been so fortunate to be a part of quite a number of footy clubs, but mm. um, been really embraced by those communities I've found myself in. Mm. And we know that so many of our teammates in the AFL, you know, think so fondly of their time at their, you know, grassroots and community clubs. Mm. And um, you're absolutely right. There is this incredible mm. um, community that exists in... AFL member bases, you know, mm. people love their club. Who do you support? Um, mm. And, um, you know, I've played lots of VFL, the same exists there. There's mm. you know, passionate supporters. Mm. Um, but, yeah, there's there's grassroots community clubs that mm. um, have these volunteers. They, you know, they have, you know, mm. um, team selection on a Thursday night and somebody cooks up a big pasta and mm. you know, everyone has a feed and... They have pie night for the juniors and yeah. all of this sort of stuff. It's mm. really, um, it's really important. It's a, it's a, it's a huge part of lots of communities and lots of people's lives. Mm. And you know, we started Footy for Climate because we saw the impact that climate change was having on, um, you know, the people and the places we love mm. through the Black Summer bushfires. Yep. Such a, such a devastating time mm. in our country mm. and. You know the the conversations I was having as a North Melbourne player at the time mm. were, you know, uncommon. You know, mm. we don't often sit in you know the the footy locker rooms and go, "Is this climate change that's <laughs> impacting bushfires?" Yeah. It's like, oh, that doesn't. It's not with the usual chat. It's like, what's your golf handicap? <laughs> yeah. um, but um, yeah, we sort of we mm. sort of like really like, how can we help? Mm. Um, you know our communities how can we be a part of mm. making a difference and that was really the start of the conversation yeah. around footy for climate also again forgive, forgive my 
ignorance, but my impression of, I suppose, the AFL and the conversation that happened within the AFL, kind of like you said, is not typical around climate and, and mm. those sorts of... When you started to have these conversations, what was the pushback like? Or what was the acceptance like? Was was there... Mm. So, mm. you know, the Black Summer bushfires of 2019-2020. Yep. So, mm. you know, it wasn't actually all Black Summer. It started in winter 2019. Mm. So pretty, like crazy and devastating fires Mm. um and you know the afl they ran the bushfire relief game i think Mm. some people kind of forget because COVID just happened like just after it but Mm. um yeah they they ran a state of origin game to raise money for for the you know communities that have been impacted um but you know when we were really starting to think about launching footy for climate um Mm. the you know the political landscape was pretty fraught and the Mm. sort of even the sort of culture around, you know, talking about climate was, you know, a little bit contested. Um, mm. You know, it was, you know, we launched before COP26, so Australia didn't have a net zero 2050 mm. target. Mm. Um, and, yeah, there was sort of very limited ambition in Australia in that mm. space. Mm. Um, and, you know, we... But we were really talking about how, you know, we can be a part of protecting the people and the places we love. Mm. Um, but there was definitely concern that people were going to think that we were trying to be really political. Mm. Um, but, you know, we, we just thought, no, we're just going to be brave and we're just mm. going to do it and we're going to, you know, tell our story mm. and our connection to this problem and, mm. and try and um, be part of the solutions in the ways that we can. Mm. And because we're not experts and it's yeah. re- it can be really difficult to... You know, mm. go on you know uh, breakfast TV or mm-hmm. on the radio and talk about climate change and you know you worry that you're going to get quizzed about the science. Mm-hmm. Um, the science is settled. You yeah. know, don't need a footballer on there saying you know <laughs> this is you know what's mm-hmm. happening. Um, everyone knows that. Um, mm-hmm. there, there's no there's no questions. Um, but you know I think it, what footballers can talk about is the impacts that it has on them. Mm has on the people they love and the places they love. And, Mm. um, you know, for lots of footballers, um, they love the game too. Mm. And, you know, it's it's having direct impacts on on the game that we love. So uh, that's what we've turned Footy for Climate into is this this platform that, you know, brings, you know, AFL players together on this message of, you know, Mm. action on climate change. Mm. Um, And, you know, we're going to work, towards solutions that can um, support communities and grassroots footy to be more resilient and to, mm. you know, so that the game continues to thrive and, mm. and you know, the kids in the next generation get to um, to play footy and, and be a part of it in the same way that I have. Yeah, wow. So, so was that the vision when you f- first started having these conversations within within your club or the vision when we first started was actually just about a committee like let's just Mm. get some players together and talk Mm. about climate change and the things that we can do and i think Mm. there's some really easy quick wins that are that are kind of obvious to lots of people around Mm. sort of energy efficiencies and Mm -hmm. you know travel what are we doing with our travel Mm. can we offset our flights and um waste although not always entirely climate related is Mm. a sort of a um it's a it's a it's an issue that you know it's a it, tangential it's, issue it's, it is yeah. and it's it's what draws a lot of people to climate and environment yeah mm. so um you know those were the sort of big bucket issues that we mm. were looking at um and thinking of you know pulling this committee together 
Um, we had a lot of support straight away. There were lots mm. of players, particularly from our AFLW playing groups, who were you know really keen to be involved. Mm. And we just were like, actually, this could be a bit bigger than you know having ten people meet at the yeah. AFL Players Association every few months. Mm. And yeah, so we went around and we surveyed more than seven hundred players from the men's mm. and women's competitions, and we found that ninety two percent of players are concerned about climate change. Wow, that's so, huge. Yeah, yeah, it's huge, yeah. but it actually makes sense, right? Like yeah. our players are. Under 30, yep. typically. Yep. I'm over 30 now, but <laughs> I'm the exception. Yeah, you're, 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 the, you're the old codger. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that they're going grey. And, yeah. Um, but, yeah, most of our players are under 30. Um, and, you know, under 30, climate is one of the big issues. It's probably the biggest issue yep. for most people. Mm. And um, it makes sense because, you know when we're talking about you know some of the the worst impacts of climate change happening mm. later this century well they'll be alive we'll mm. be around mm. and um yeah so you know we we weren't entirely sure you know what the the support would be like but at that point we were like oh, okay mm. this is there's something here and mm. um you know we've got the support of the players and mm. you know let's start to build out this idea into into a not-for-profit and mm. see what we can do yep so where you are at Sorry, let me try that again. Uh, where are you with it today? Is it? Yeah. yeah. So Footy for Climate um, has now been launched for more than two years, and mm. um, yeah, it's been it's been a, a slow process mm-hmm. because um, you know I volunteer my time. Mm. I've got a full time job and a and a young child. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, I don't have a whole lot of time to. Um, to be working on it, but you know, my co-founder Jasper Pittard, mm. who teammates at North Melbourne, you know, he works nearly full time on it, mm. and we've got Izzy Huntington, who um, she was a number one draft pick to the Bulldogs mm-hmm. in the AFLW, and is now at the Giants. Um, mm. She leads out player engagement three days a week. Wow! Yeah. So we've got two people working mm. on it, um, and we've also got some some support from uh, a couple of other organisations that mm. um, you know contribute some capacity to our team. Mm. Um, so, you know, we work across, you know, three three areas. Mm-hmm. Um, it's players, mm-hmm. um, sort of the industry, which is sort of broadly supporting the AFL clubs and, and the partners. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the area that we're really excited about and, and where we're sort of investing most of our, our time and our energy is in the community mm-hmm. because, um, you know, our, our players, you know, this is where they come from. It's where they learn to love the game, as we yeah. spoke about before. And, mm. um, you know, we're really passionate about giving back to mm. the community, but also protecting um, the future of the game mm. for, for generations to come. Yeah, and and I think also you know you you made a really beautiful film on the community mm. um, and how why why these issues are so important and yeah. Mm. Yeah, thanks. Mm. It's called it's called our local. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, and mm. um, where's it? Is it available on? Yeah, YouTube? yeah, our local. Uh, it's available on YouTube, um, but it's uh, probably a better place to access it is through AFL On Demand. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll link to it. Yeah, yeah. so AFL On mm. Demand, they have it. We've got a 12-minute short film and then three episodes that are cut-downs of that. Uh, they yep. focus on mm. specific players um, going back to their community clubs. So, you know, we were really fortunate to have... Um, uh, Dill Buckley and Nell Morris-Dalton from Fitzroy Junior Football Club... Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the Fitzroy Junior Football Club um, bring us in and you know talk about the work that they're doing mm. around sustainability. They're building a new facility that's going to be, um, you know, 
at a really high standard around um, you know renewable energy but also um, you know the, the construction and materials are going to mm. be at a really high standard so that's a really exciting project and um, but it was really great for you know Nell and Dill to to connect back to their club mm-hmm. um, we had Emma Carney take us back to Hamilton Football Club mm-hmm. Um and there's a really interesting story there because they didn't have a girls team for her to play in. Mm. So she got to play some junior football up until under 12s and then mm. they said, hey, Em, you can't play anymore. Mm. Um, but, you know, for her to go back as now as the captain of North Melbourne Footy Club and, mm. um, you know, reconnect there was was really powerful. And uh, there's just as a sort of a leader in the community, um, you know, sporting landscape, Goodwood Footy Club. Uh, we had Riley Bonner and Riley Thilthorpe. Um, Goodwood's in... Um, suburb of Adelaide um, and yeah Goodwood Saints Footy Club just do some fantastic stuff with renewable energy and they're mm. sort of a part of a, a community energy grid so um, yeah the film was great it was just about you know our players talking about what their club means to them mm-hmm. um, and then how renewable energy is a really fantastic solution to mm. protect the future of those clubs yep uh, and so maybe projecting a little bit you know what's your hope for footy, uh, footy for climate say in the next you know, five years, say, and especially like in those three uh, pillars that you mentioned, which mm. which I forget what they are, but community, uh, industry, industry and, and players. And players. Yeah. 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 Mm. Um, so, you know, everything, um, you know, we sort of iterate as we go and we sort of, you know, build it bit by bit. But, um, mm. you know, there's some really, you know, big goals and some big visions. Um, mm. You know, we, we want to have... Um, we want to have a large majority of the AFL player base, men's and women's, publicly supporting us. Mm. And we've got um, some ideas. I won't spoil just yet, but okay. <laughs> um, we've got some ideas about how we can sort of launch a campaign to sort of do that mm. um, in uh, you know, the early part of next year. So, mm. you know, we know from our conversations that the AFL players are very much on board. We've got player reps at every team across mm. the AFL men's and women's. So that's that's really exciting for us. There's a high level of engagement. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we need to turn that into is public support. So that's mm-hmm. our next step. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're really excited to deliver that um, in the early part of next year. Um, in, in the AFL industry um, space, it's really about providing support where we can. Mm-hmm. So um, we're not as prescriptive in sort of our strategy in that space. It's really... Um, you know, listening to the AFL and we know that they're, you know, trying to do more in this space mm-hmm. and then, you know, providing connections and support where, where we can help. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that we did partner with Richmond Football Club with this year was um, the first industry roundtable discussion. Uh, and that was just an, an amazing forum where, um, you know, Richmond invited um, every AFL club in the AFL to to you know, their home at Punt Road Oval mm-hmm. um, to you know, have a discussion about sustainability and, and learn from you know, the work that Richmond's done in that space. Um, wow. And so yeah. we, we partnered with Front Runners and Richmond to bring that um, event to life and that was you know, a huge That's win. That's amazing, yeah, yeah. yeah. And do you see, because like, like you said, young people especially are so, like you, you did when you were an eight-year-old and, you know, how idolized these footy players are. Do you, do you see that influence trickling down in terms of climate and sustainability? And, and yeah, I, I think the the young people, um, maybe not necessarily directly in football fan base, yeah. but young people are so connected to and passionate about this issue. That's true. Yeah. We just we just yeah. see it. We, we don't have that. to. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to tell them. Yeah. We just have to. We actually have to keep up. Mm. And and mm. part of what we're you know we're doing here 
is um, you know creating a space uh, for our um, football community to to be a part of the solutions mm. that that the young kids, the young people are demanding. Yeah. Um, you know, they are inheriting this world, and yeah. and they they want us to be doing more, and they, mm. um, you know, they're they're really upset. Yeah. And um, they're angry, and mm. so um, yeah, there's no there's, there's no real need to convince the young kids. Yeah. Um, that's mm. that's my experience. Um. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, what, what we also do is, you know, and, and where we want to go with the community is we want to, we want to connect with, with there's 8.9 million people who support a footy team in Australia. Wow. Yeah. It's a huge, it's a huge mm. fan base. Yeah. 1.2 million pay for a membership to an AFL club. That's incredible. And so yeah. there's a huge number of people that we can connect to with this. Mm. And we, we want to be a part of, um, you know, supporting them to give back to the communities and grassroots footy and mm. protect the future of our game. Uh, and we want to have really powerful conversations with them mm. about the actions that they can be a part of as mm. an individual and as a collective. Mm. So, yeah, there's some really exciting things to happen in that space. And mm. I'm just really excited about what we can do in the next 12 months. Mm two years, three years, five years, yeah. Um, mm. yeah, really engaging that footy community. Mm. So maybe uh, circling back to your career as a footy player, mm. um, you've been a footy player, I, I suppose, with the AFL about 12 years now? Is that 12 it? years, yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. Mm. I, mean, I mean, and maybe just to touch on a conversation we were having, you know, earlier just before we started recording was that it's pretty incredible to have a career in the AFL for 12 years mm. um, w- when you look back on that what do, what comes up for you like what how do you think about your careers yeah it's mm. it's a there's, there's a lot you know it's been a it's mm. a big part of my life you know yeah. I'm in my early 30s and it, it represents a significant you know, proportion of my life to date as mm. has been as a professional football player. So that's there's mm. one part of it is it's it's a massive part of what I've done. And mm. um, you know, I first played a competitive game when I was eleven, so more than twenty seasons mm. of, you know, playing football um since I was a little kid. Um and I think when you're a little kid as well and you want to be a footy player, you want to be the best. Mm. So you want to be the one that wins the medal and mm. you, you win the, the premiership and hold that, you know, hold the trophy. cup aloft. Yeah. Um and you know that hasn't been me, and that hasn't been you know the career that I've had. I've mm. I've been one of the guys that makes up the numbers a bit. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, if you, I think at different times, um, I've probably been frustrated and disappointed, and mm-hmm. you know maybe like uh, I haven't um, air, air quotes here made it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, I think, um, you know, reflecting from where I am now with much more footy behind me than ahead of me, um, mm. I'm really proud of, you know, my ability to persevere and, mm. and really contribute to, um, in a meaningful way to, mm. to, you know, three teams. And, and um, yeah, you know, there has been some team success and some personal success along that journey, mm-hmm. uh, but it's also shaped me and, and who I am. And, mm. um, yeah, I'm definitely a much more resilient person than, than I would be, mm. you know, if, if I hadn't have had a, a really long uh, AFL career. Sure. And you're, you're also recently a dad to young yep. Jules. Yeah. Um, has fatherhood changed the way you think about your career? Um, I think it, it, it changes my approach to my career in, in mm. some ways. Um, 
I mentioned before, footballs are, and professional sports are really selfish pursuit. You know, you have to give a lot of yourself over to that. Mm-hmm. And I'm less prepared to give all of myself to to football mm-hmm. and um, and just trying to find the time to balance my my preparation for for games and mm. you know training and and the rest and and making sure that I um, yeah spend enough time with Jules as he is in those you know really precious early months and, sure. and years. Yeah. Um, so you know for me it's a it's a it's a definite um, shift in how I think about you know how I prepare for for football, but mm. I think um, it's also made me realize um you know how much i am capable of mm. that um i still can you know find time to um you know do that extra recovery and mm. and prepare mentally for games and make sure i'm sharp on you know what the strategy and what the structures and the specific you mm. know game plans for each game look like and what my role is um so i can find time for that and sort of be there for the really important moments mm-hmm. um, and, and support um, my wife, Em, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's doing uh, an amazing job in these early months and, and it is, mm-hmm. it is um, you know, an incredibly intense period in, in the first <laughs> yeah. few months. But, um, you know, we, we support each other and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm just really lucky to have, yeah. you know, someone like Em, you know, doing huge, this. Huge, huge shout out to Em. We love you, Em. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We love you. Um Maybe to, to to tie this conversation into a you know a big bow, then this this podcast is really about meaningful work, and now I think you you've got really two avenues, uh, which is footy mm. and uh, AFL uh, for sorry footy for climate. Mm. Um, what does the term meaningful work mean to you? It's something that. Um you know the the actual the actual phrase meaningful work was brought up in the early conversations with footy for climate wow um, yep. my my co-founder jasper pittard mm. when we first came up with the idea knew that he was right at the end of his playing he mm. he sort of lost the fire and mm-hmm. and um was ready to move on mm. um probably unlike me hadn't probably spent as much time thinking about what he might do after football, hadn't really done any study. Mm-hmm. Knew he's a really creative guy and, mm. and um, has you know, incredible ideas and has really shaped a lot of the look and feel and um, mm. you know, a lot of the essence of what footy for climate is. Um, but you know, we had this conversation about, um, oh, I, d- I don't want to just have to go and play local footy somewhere and then have to mm. do a finance course and become a mortgage broker you know know, like no 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 dramas if you are a mortgage broker but that was just the the one that we sort of mentioned in this conversation that Mm. was like no that doesn't you know for jasper in particular he's this creative guy and he's got so many passions and Mm. he's like i I want to do meaningful work i I can't Mm. go somewhere that's just for a paycheck Mm. and Mm. um you know we the actual idea for the first committee was like well mate you gotta get some experience you've got to go and you know, get on a committee, or it's like, oh well, well, I'm really passionate about climate, and you know, who's going to have me on their climate mm. committee? I was like, well, start one. Let's start one right mm. now. And so we sketched out this idea for it. And then, you know, what was um, going to be just like an experience builder, and you know, something to go, oh yeah, I've had these conversations, and so mm. I'm going to be a part of, you know, entering this, you know, 
climate environment space mm. has turned into you know an actual job for jasper and mm. you know hopefully when you know at some point when i when i finish can i can work in the organization too mm. um and so you know not all of it but there was definitely some part of you know this journey with footy for climate that was about shaping meaningful work mm-hmm. um and you know the the other the piece for for me is around you know football career is um you know what a privilege to have your dream be your job um and extremely so yeah, yeah. very few people achieve that yeah and i think there's mm. definitely been some hard moments and mm. um you know so, some really so, some dark moments around um mm. you know not especially not being able to separate that sort of you know personal and footy identity mm. but you know what's got me through those times is is actually being able to reflect on mm. the dream and yep. you know young tom and i i, I talked to you know, a few people that I trust around honouring young Tom when, mm. you know, when the going does get a bit tough mm-hmm. and you, you can't quite find the the fire to get out and, you know, play the game or, mm. or do the training session. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, young Tom would do anything to be in the position you are now. So yep. you must, mm. you've got to honour him. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, from, from those two perspectives, um, you mm. know, meaningful work, um, you know, one, I feel very privileged to have been able to, live a dream yep uh and then for the other one it was about um also acknowledging that we've been in this really privileged position mm. to bring something to life that means so much to us that mm. um, for jasper and i um to be able to pursue um mm. as a next career yep i think you're honoring two toms i think there's the young tom but there's also the 80 year old tom looking back on his life mm. and going man yeah i did some shit <laughs> thanks for all yeah there's there's lots of shit to to come but to come um, for sure you're only 30 but yeah. yeah but yeah i think um you know i i know that mm. not everyone is in a fortunate enough position to be able to mm. to shape um you know their work and you know their careers in the way that i i have been fortunate to mm. but um yeah i think you know it's definitely something that is really important to me is mm. is um you know, having purpose and mm. and meaning in in what I do, mm. um, and you know another shout out to M. You know mm. it's a, it's a massive thing for her. So um, mm. you know we have so many conversations about the life we want to live, and mm. you know how the work we do supports the people we are, and the life we want to live, and the family that we're that we're building with with mm. Jules as well. So mm. um, yeah, it's mm. uh, been really cool to. To chat about all of those different things with you today. Yeah, no, and I really appreciate the time. I really appreciate you coming here and doing this. And also, yeah, I think you've been on an, an incredible journey. In, in a way, like your hero's journey is almost starting again. So I can't wait to see what happens, mate. Thanks, Rahul. Yep. All right, thanks heaps, mate. No, my pleasure. Love being on. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you're enjoying and are learning from this podcast, please subscribe on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. A great zero-cost way to support us is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you're feeling extra generous, it would be great if you could leave a comment or feedback on our Apple Podcast or YouTube pages. Or you could email your comments and feedback to me directly at rahul at disruptivebusinessnetwork.com. That's R-A-H-U-L at disruptivebusinessnetwork, all one word, dot com. Finally, a big shout out to our producer Dan Scahill for his work on the keys and to Vashti Civil for writing the original music for our theme. 
Until next time, this is your host, Rahul Sohn, signing off.